So welcome to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast, sponsored by Alltag, and thanks always to our supporting partners, 3X Logic, Mighty, and Aura. Now, this, of course, is our end-of-year review, and I'm absolutely thrilled to bits to be joined by Tony D'Onofio. As many of you know, Tony's the CEO of ProSecure Retail Group and also the CEO of TD Insights. For ProSecure, he leads the global team focusing on developing and deploying next-generation security technologies, more on that in a moment, and TD Insights, many of us in the industry know, is a consulting firm advising private equity portfolio technology companies, but also putting out some amazing content around the retail industry. Now, listed as a top 100 global retail influencer, his articles are published on eight platforms. I think I need to up my platform consumption. I wasn't even sure there was eight I should be reading, but his futuristic views on retail and technology continue to be shared by the industry and major retailers on all continents. Now, previously Chief Customer Officer, CCO at Tyco Retail Solutions, now Sensomatic. His career has included working uh, for retailer and executive roles, security, information technology companies. Is there anything that this man hasn't done? And a graduate of Case Western Reserve University and an MBA from Cleveland State University as well. It could go on and on, Tony, but welcome. Thank you very much. And that's quite an introduction. So, and quite a way, quite a great style to present it. So I appreciate that introduction very much. Well, the thing is, it's it's a little bit like introducing a sort of, uh, you know, uh, baseball or NFL all-time great or inducting somebody into the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with you, Tony. There's so many things that you've done. It's which bit do you pick out? So it's always fascinating. Yes. So look, um, before we before we get, I, I have to ask you. Here we are, right at the end of 2022. Um, I do hope and trust that you got a little bit of time off over Christmas and managed to uh, um, to put your feet up a little bit. Um, although I hear rumours that you might have been writing a chapter on a book. Yeah, actually, it's been a really, really extremely busy year. I actually thought I was going to slow down at some point and. It feels like it's accelerating. Christmas was actually an exciting time for me because a lot of good things are happening in my life right now in a bunch of different areas, including, as you said, I've started my first book. I have an editor actually based in the UK that's uh, doing the editing and finished the introduction. And I am old, I am told, by the time New Year's arrived, uh, chapter one. So I'm deeply working in uh, chapter one. The book is about personal branding and the journey that I took and how I got here and where do I see personal branding going from here well I I I, I will look forward to a signed first edition copy if I may be so bold then Tony uh, it will be my great pleasure you are such a great individual and friend that that will be one of the first thing that I will do there you in go. fact I will enlist your help to get the book out there <laughs> there you go well we'll get you back on to talk about it and I won't be offended if you send me a link to Amazon to buy it as long as you sign it next time I see you so okay. look good as me you are one seriously busy guy all over the world but first off you know CEO of Prosecure just a little small company that, uh, that that you're involved with there, looking after uh, the security division, if that's the right term. But what on earth's going on there? What, what have you been doing with the business? I mean, it just seems to go from visibility to visibility within our particular space. So the journey with Prosecure has been extremely interesting. I've been at it now almost two years. It'll be two years in February. And uh, when I joined, what I saw is a, a major opportunity to really take 
uh, security and loss prevention to our next generation. In my view, a lot of traditional technologies were stuck into what I would call legacy mode and really hadn't evolved to where the industry and retail was going next. So we've been talking a lot about frictionless commerce, self-checkout, consumers being able to take control of the channel. How do you actually integrate security into all that? And so from my perspective, what I, what I decided is that really this is the time to reinvent what loss prevention looked like. And we've been using a moniker lately called the home of next generation solution. And that's exactly what I've been doing actually over the last year and a half is re reinventing what loss prevention looks like. So for example, from an EAS point of view, we release a product called EVOR, which stands for evolution of EAS. And it actually integrates artificial intelligence, a cloud-based advertising platform that's inside the actual panels themselves, the ability to actually give you analytics in terms of uh, people, in terms of male, female, how many people came into the store. So really re-leveraging those assets into a lot more. And when I'm going to be making some major, major announcement actually in January at the NRF Big Show in terms of where we go next with the next of the next generation. So, and that journey really has paid off. We reinvented uh, all kinds of different solutions in both uh, uh, the tagging space and also in the video space. And, and as a result, we've been growing this year at about 40%. So that's keeping me extremely busy. But a lot of that is focused on customers. I spend a ton of time with retailers listening. I do these ideation sessions that lasts all day that I learn in Silicon Valley. And that's really what's led to all this growth. I mean, that is an amazing, you know, growth that you've managed to book this year as well. And, you know, I've seen some of the advertising that's coming out about the screens into the pedestals at the front. I mean, that's some really, you know, cool stuff that's going around and some really compelling marketing messages. So if you've got a handle on that as well, which I'm sure you have, it, it really, it's caught my eye. And I know, I mean, judging by the growth, it's uh, it's clearly been successful. So I'm super excited for those announcements. If anybody's wondering, I did try and extract those from Tony as well, but he was not giving them up to anybody. So uh, we'll wait and see. So, I mean, that in itself should be an all-consuming uh, occupation. But TD Insights seems to go from strength to strength as well. You know, and again, your insight, how on earth do you find the time to keep your ear to the ground, follow all of these trends, and then take that information, put podcasts, broadcasts, documents together, and share it with the industry as well. I mean, I can only assume there's got to be a twin of you, Tony. There's something you're not telling us isn't <laughs> about getting this stuff out there. So uh, I've learned a lot in terms of how to compartmentalize life and uh, specialize. So I, I will say this, uh, TD Insight was born because I decided that actually it's exactly 10 years ago this year in 2022, where I didn't get a major promotion from one of my employer. And that promotion that night, and was actually, again, talk about going back to London. It happened in London. I was, I had a very sleepless night at the Marriott at Heathrow airport, where I was told you're not getting the big promotion. You're gonna stay in the role you want. And I was so livid that that entire night, I decided that I had to create a personal brand to go do what I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it. And, um, and really the core to that brand is continuous learning. 
to figure out and understanding what's going on in the world, identify the trends, but leverage those trends into materials in terms of channels. And I was lucky enough that social media was growing up aggressively through this period. And even people like LinkedIn contacted me to help in terms of what they were doing. And to this day, I still test LinkedIn products before they go to market. So to me, the, the evolution of technology and the fact that I realized because of technology, you can take control of your own destiny and you can create a brand and keep building around that brand. So that, that social media led to a personal website, led to a YouTube channel. So I do videos all the time on trends and predictions and future of retail. But ultimately, what, what I realized is the base of continuous learning is what will make you successful. And then compartmentalizing. So I'm a big believer in top threes. You know, don't focus on more than three things at a time, because if you go beyond the three things, you're not going to be focused enough and not getting anything done. And I translate that across everything. So in my brand is retail innovation and leadership. Those are the three areas that I emphasize. And I have a program that I've developed and I've executed Every single day, I, I actually post five times a day, every single day, based on that strategy, and I've not missed a day in 10 years. So, so that takes basically focus. Now, having said that, you become professional at this, and now I have people actually helping me. So I do have a staff in TD Insights that helps me manage and drive a lot of this content, but I'm, I am the author of my own articles. I am the guy on video. I actually do all the webinars. I write the disruptive future retail presentations that I update two to three times a year. But I'm enjoying that part of it also because I do think those things comes together. If you can have a very successful corporate career and also build your brand at the same time, and those two are actually complementary to each other, that takes you to a level that I cannot imagine how successful it's been. It's been an amazing ride. And the one thing I would say is there's, you know, there's quite a few people. I mean, your, you know, frequency of output is impressive. But the other thing about it, and without, you know, it it's worth reading. Lots of people produce lots of content, but a lot of it isn't worth reading. So, and that's clearly the effort that goes into it. And I've seen your, you know, disruptive retail presentation. And I always sort of sit there. It's a, you know, it could be a an Adidas or Nike slick sports brand presentation so it's the it's the quality of the content that goes out which i think is you know is why everybody knows you tony so long may it continue we love it we love it thank you so thank you so look as we look back 2022 you know has seen huge amounts of disruption in the global economy and that's translated into the retail world what's your take been on 2022 from a retail perspective do you think you know, have you heard retailers have found it tough? Has it been a springboard for innovation? How would you sort of summarize the retail market? So uh, in my view, retail uh, to for 2022, let's focus on that first. It's been a tough year, uh, primarily because of inflation. If you look at retail sales, a lot of the growth has been because of inflation. Uh, I, and we're also still sorting through the final stages of the supply chain issues and cleaning up the supply chain. 
But overall, retail has done extremely well. I, I do think retail is still a, a robust industry across the globe. Uh, and I, I think going into 23, we'll have some challenges because of the continued challenges uh, that are going on with inflation, uh, the potential that I do believe there will be a recession in 2023. And some countries are going to be impacted more. I do believe the UK, for example, is going to be impacted harder than even the United States in terms of what's happening with their microeconomic activities. The Ukraine war has had a major, major impact in terms of energy prices and what's happening to energy prices. That impacts in the cost that gets into the retail supply chain. But if you look in summary, um, they had a really good beginning in the year. It got tougher. And if you look at retail sales, like in the United States, and you factor in inflation, we're actually not growing right now. But we're not to a point where it's as bad as, for example, when we were getting into the pandemic and the world came to a stop. Uh, we got some challenges. But I think, like everything else, retail to me is why I love it. It's an extremely resilient industry. There will always be new brands that come along. Uh, we all got to eat. So we're all going to go to the grocery store and buy our stuff that we need to eat. So, and there's always, uh, there's a ton of innovation that takes place. And I've seen lots and lots of great innovation across the board in terms of what the retailers are trying to do. And the good ones are ahead of the curve. So for example, if you look at even during COVID, there were companies that, that were doing investments that when COVID hit, they actually did better because they were investing in the right areas in terms of technology that actually drove their performance even better during those 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 that that difficult period. So and COVID to me accelerated the trends are already underway and 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 it's setting up for an interesting future that we're headed to. So so looking at that future I I, I would say um you have got the clearest crystal ball of anybody that I know. So what are you seeing as we go into 2023? And maybe, you know, what technologies do you think retailers need to be focusing on? You know, what, what's, what's it gonna look like? So the number one priority technology for 22 was inventory visibility. Uh, and, uh, and to me, inventory visibility is the most critical element that retailers need to focus on. It's what's driving, the increase of adoption of RFID right now. If you look at retailers, again, that did well, they had a handle on their inventory. They were able to make their physical stores for filming centers to be able to deliver products across the entire food chain. The challenge in the, to me, the biggest challenge in the 23, it's really an article that I just uh, wrote, which is the economic and the headwinds that we got to deal with. We are going to hit into a recession. Advanced economies are going to get hit the hardest. I mean, the forecast from the uh, International Money for Terry Fund is that advanced economies are only going to grow 1.1% in 23. And then even emerging uh, economies are only going to go 3.7%. So we're going to have to deal through that. But I do think um, there, the, if you look at technology to supplement some of that, I do think technology can make it easier in terms of reducing costs. So inventory and RFID will continue to get major investment. I do think robotics will get more investment because of some of the labor challenges, especially in some of the mother markets in, in the quiet quitting and all those kind of trends that were going on to so robotics. And then the other big one to me is computer vision. I do think cameras 
are forever changing how we look at a picture and turn that picture into a piece of information. So we crossed over a billion cameras installed in the world in 2021. Those cameras all have data eyes and those cameras now, I mean, the, one of the reasons self-checkout exploded is because there's now a computer vision application and that actually can look at each transaction, analyze it and instantly identify the fraud, the mistakes and fix them real time. That's how powerful cameras are getting. So to me, those are the three major RFID, computer vision, and, and then those in terms of uh, uh, the, the, the technology going forward. So if you're sort of, and I think you're right, I mean, the inventory accuracy, the technology is there now, isn't it, for retailers to actually, you know, get a handle on what's going on. And you're right, the whole ship from store and some retailers now individual products have got their own barcode so they can say where it was bought and when it goes back. I mean, it's just a whole different experience. But just peaking supply chain side for a moment, I mean, there's there's talk of, suppliers looking you know retailers manufacturers you know coming out you know checks it isn't it it's the um coining yes, the Brexit yes, yes, UK. Yes. checks it uh is that going to be the term for 2023 don't know maybe you heard it here first as people move manufacturing out of china to other perceived more friendly uh locations i mean what do you see going on there i mean you know is it is i, I it do RFID? i like, totally agree with what you're pain? saying I totally agree with what you're saying. We're going to see more nearshoring and more of rebalancing of supply chains. COVID exposed the fact that we have way too long supply chains and we need to balance that. So there'll be a balance of nearshoring and, and even inshoring in terms of how products get manufactured and transported around the world. But China is not going to stop being a major opportunity for the world, it still is one of the key economies with the United States in terms of that will drive performance of the entire global economy because of their population size and also because of the investments that uh, that they've made in technology. I mean, if you, prior to COVID, I would have said, if you want to see the future of retail, look to China. I think COVID has slowed down some of that uh, in terms of what's happened to Alibaba, JD.com, and some of those others but they still have some very advanced technologies that really haven't made it to the, to the West yet that I would see more coming. One of them to me is live stream shopping. They have nailed the ability to have influencers selling you products and getting you to buy like crazy. We have not nailed that in, the, in this part of the world. We're testing it in the Western world in places like Eastern Europe and a few other places, but we really haven't, made that a core strategy going forward. But supply chains will get rebalanced. I think the sleeper economy actually, actually is India. It would okay. be interesting to see what happens to India with, again, the size of their population and what they're doing. They were always predicted to be that next China in terms of importance, but we'll see. And But that side of the world is also becoming a major impact in terms of supply chain. There's a lot of manufacturing going to that part of the world also. But wasn't it, um, you know, within India, some astronomical figure, and I want to say 400 million of the population moved from the definition of middle class to, you know, lower income, lower class with it, you know, so economically it's on a, on a knife edge, but if it can just rebound and those 
hundreds of million come back into that middle class with the disposable income. Yeah, it's it's got the potential to be huge, isn't it? For sure. Yeah, that that to me is a sleeper thing. It can and it, for a retail point of view, that could be huge in terms of driving uh, global growth of uh, retail. It's a it's a it's an under. I would say it could do a lot more than what it's doing right now. And I actually expected it to do more now. Yeah. We got to get through the Ukraine war and understand better where that ends. Um, we got to understand what does winter looks like. There's some major risks, especially in Europe. If I look at Europe, Europe is the epicenter of the risk right now because of the Ukraine war and the energy issues that it's dealing with. Couple that with inflation. So we got to get through that and understand that better, how that impacts 23. But if you look at those issues at the high level, below that, retail, I think, will do fine. Yeah, absolutely. And if anybody's you know, got question marks over the Chinese market, I mean, you'll have done this. Go and look at Singles Day. If you think uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday's big, go and, go and check that out. There is some unbelievable. And you talk about selling, live streaming, you know, Macy's all send you a sort of um, cardboard handbag, weren't they, to put you phone in and have the experience and walk around the store it's crazy so uh, i'm sure it's it's, it, yeah i agree it, it's gonna get, it's gonna get interesting i mean uh i just think we're not we're not somebody asked me you know i in fact i opened uh with a quote from kennedy that in the robert kennedy in 1966 was lamenting that these are tough times but we've all lived in love tough times and we are the most creative. We are in the most creative time in history because you, that time we were talking about the space age, going to space, to the moon. If you look at today, look at all what we have around us, smartphones, internet, we, the, the, the ability to global communicate, uh, satellites. I mean, look at what the world is today and the amount of creativity that can drive. I mean, I look at myself and what I've been able to do with leveraging all these things around me, I, I do think the best is yet to come for the world. We just got to address some of these major issues that uh, the, that are the post-COVID. And, and we're having this conversation, both sat on different parts of the globe, and there'll be people from five continents watching, you know, and that's yes. all come about in, in a relatively short period of time, you know. Correct, so. correct, correct. And even this discussion here, we're seeing each other on video, because you know the COVID accelerated Zooms and the Teams and and all that, so now we can do virtual, we can do live, we can do those kind of things. So I'm positive in terms of this is going to be an interesting ride for all of us going forward. For every type of business, the power of a data-driven security video management system designed to give you total control anywhere, anytime. Three X Logic. I'm interested to get your take on it. Just going, if you like, to the the here and now. Now, it's sort of earlier in December, Walmart were talking about potentially having to close some stores because of the levels of theft that they were seeing that were making them unviable. Was was that uh, a sort of uh, a ruse to try and say to people, look, you've got a you know communities, you need to come together, otherwise you're going to lose the stores. Was it a genuine cry for help is there a lack of technology what 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 did you sort of read when you heard that so it is a genuine cry for help uh, retail especially in the united states is going through a major change and and it's actually reflected in some of the things that i'm trying to do core loss prevention technology is not kept up to what re, what is happening in retail 
in the United States, there's, a, there's an increased level of violence, including in retail. So there were 595 people killed in 2021 in retail establishments. A lot of those were customers. A lot of those were associates. So there is this concern of violence also because of COVID, the whole theft and organized crime got out of hand in terms of you saw those flash mobs coming in or as they actually were renamed flash robs coming in and doing massive steals and cracking cases of jewelry and so on. So the United States needs to, so from a technology point of view, we need to reinvent how to address these types of issues. But that is a definite cry for help. And the trends for it were actually already coming before this. If you look at San Francisco, they were the epicenter of a lot of this. And other retailers, including Walgreens, for example, closed multiple stores for the same reason. This is something that we all need to come together and address. And I actually, again, wrote an article about this topic that this is not solely going to get solved by technology. The United States, for example, needs better laws on organized retail crime. One of the reasons organized retail crime has been elevated so much is because you can steal all that stuff and then you have all these online marketplaces to go sell it. And so there's there's avenues to go make a lot of money, even if you sell it at a discount. And that's a challenge. So the U.S. needs better laws to address how marketplaces manage products that are potentially stolen. So and law enforcement needs to get better cooperation from the retailers. I mean, there's a, a lot of work that needs to get done. It won't get solved by technology itself, but it will get solved by uh, multiple groups working together. It is an issue. And, and, you know, we're seeing, like you say, you know, certain stores closing, but with the theft pressures and the economic headwind, do you think we're going to see another round of retailers going out of business? Do you think there's a number in the US and, and Europe and around the world sort of getting towards that point where they might cease trading? Yes, I do think in 23, because of the economic headwinds, there will be more, uh, there will be uh, uh, stores closing, but you got to take a step back. The ones that are, that are closed are the ones that were weak in the first place. So they are the ones that really did not evolve their models enough, and they are be basically being weeded out by the, the, the fact that they didn't keep up with their customer base. I, I do think the, the lower and the middle, the, 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 the ones that sold the lower and the middle uh, income groups are the ones that get actually have this most serious issue. And it's typically more in the apparel, accessories, those types of areas that will have the major impact. So I do think 23, because of the economic headwinds, if you have high debt and you're not keeping up to what the consumer is asking you to sell them, you are in trouble in 23. And, and with all of those challenges, and I'm guessing the answer is going to be a resounding yes, but are you still excited for the future of, of retail? Do you think it has a bright future for physical retail? You know, where do you think it's going to land? Which bit, uh, you know, what's it going to look like in the next few years? So uh, if you look at all the data, online is not taking over physical retail anytime soon. It's still going to be an 80, 20, uh, 75 depending on the country, some countries 60-40, but it's not totally, with, with the bigger majority still being in physical stores. Ultimately, what I see is a world where the two actually get harmonized. 
where the physical store is a distribution center. These services that emerged out of the pandemic, those are not going away. They're going to accelerate. One of the challenge, big challenges that retail has, they're losing money with most of those services. So they have to figure out how to optimize and actually make those services profitable. But really the world that we're headed to is online supports offline and the two actually help each other. Turns out the most profitable place for a retailer is the physical stores. Uh, there's a reason even Amazon is in trouble right now because their logistics costs, especially with all the supply and logistics issues are so much that, and if you look at truly at an Amazon, the majority of their profit doesn't come from the stuff that they sell you online. It comes from their AW web services that they sell to everybody else. 70% of Amazon's profit comes from that part of it. So if you're a retailer focusing just online, you're in trouble. You need to have that balance. And to understand that really truly, look at the ones that know that, and they're actually now opening physical stores. So you had the Warby Parkers, you had the Tuck, Untuck It. Those are all opening physical stores because they want to turn those into local distribution center to balance the model and reduce the logistics cost. Yeah, it's interesting. I was talking to a retailer that has joined up their channels, if you like, and uh, they were saying that, in effect, when they somebody does a click and collect or purchases online and returns in store, 40% of the people that go into the store, if you like, for another purpose, i.e. to pick up an existing item they've ordered or to make a return, makes a purchase. That, that is totally correct. It's, that's, it's that's a the world. Biggest, yeah. yeah, the physical stores are going to become, it, it was and will continue to be an important mix, but they need to evolve. It, it, the, the challenge that my view that retail has today, the consumer is much smarter than when they go shopping than the store associate they meet in the store. Because in a lot of cases, especially for higher value goods, consumers do, do homework online. They know exactly what they want. They walk to the aisle and then they go ask an associate and that associate has no clue. So one of the key areas that retailers need to spend time on is really giving technology tools and educating uh, the, really the store associates on how to engage in a digital physical conversation. So, for example, if somebody's looking for something, the answer can be we're out of stock. Let me find it for you in another store and be sent to your house right now. So it's the ability to actually react real time to those types of changes. Because right now, if I'm a consumer, I walk in and I've done this myself at a major retailer recently. I went by to buy ink and it wasn't convenient. It wasn't available. I couldn't find it. I ordered on Amazon right in front of uh, while I was yeah. standing in that physical store partly because they locked it all up and I didn't want to go find somebody to go open it. I can order it instantly on Amazon. So this ability to actually allow store associates to engage with consumers is going to be even more critical, but stores will have a major presence in retail going forward. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, you, you come back to that interaction and there definitely seems to be a little bit of a mismatch on uh, training. You know, I had a situation where I was, trying to purchase quite an expensive pair of jeans and the store associate just went, oh, well, you might want to try online and left. Well, where was the, the tablet that came off the hip that did exactly, exactly. that and went, exactly. I'll have it for you there, you know, tomorrow. 
And actually, I did end up purchasing them, uh, but purchased them from another retailer um, because they had a better online experience. So, um, yeah. And Apple's a good example of how actually they've executed their store where they'll check you out right in front of you. They'll have somebody else pull the equipment for you while they're standing there. They'll set it up for you in the store. It's a holistic kind of a thing that doesn't miss a sale. And while you're sitting there, you can buy accessories and this and that. So this digital physical is going to be extremely critical if you want to be a successful retailer going forward. Yeah, uh, hats off to Apple. Thumbs up. We went and picked a pre-ordered item from an Apple store only a week ago. And the the store was mobbed and somebody came up straight away. What are you here for? Directed. You're exactly right. You know, and the impulse item was a pair of you know, AirPods at 250 pounds, 300 that's bucks it. or whatever. If so you build those experiences, yeah. exactly right. That's a hell of exactly an impulse right. purchase more than, uh, you know, a bar of chocolate at the front of the store. Tony, um, it's always an absolute pleasure to speak with you and share your thoughts. Um, I'm very excited to hear the news from Prosecure that's going to come out early in the new year. Keep doing what you're doing with TD Insights. We all love it and look out for it. Uh, and as we head into the end of the year, have an amazing uh, New Year's Eve. I'm sure you'll be celebrating in good Italian fashion somewhere with a nice bottle of wine. And uh, and I absolutely look forward to catching up with you in person early in 23. But for now, Tony, amazing. Thank you. Paul, thank you very much. It's always a great pleasure. You do excellent work and I follow you very, very closely. So keep it up. Happy New Year to you and your entire audience. And let's go have a heck of a 2023.